0: enjoying why this film then head to itunes and leave me a review your support means everything and really helps the show grow make sure you're following the podcast on facebook at why this film podcast instagram at why this film podcast and twitter at why this film pod if you can't get enough of my voice you can hear me every monday on bbc radio suffolk at 7 pm delving into a movie from the past which you can vote for on twitter and if you'd like to be a part of why this film you can Whether you defeated Goblin Kings, saved Fantasia, became Queen of Narnia or got slimed, I want to hear about it. Just email in with a film from your childhood to whythisfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie, give it a rewatch and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back.
1: Watched this movie so many times before and now you're going to watch it again. And I'm on again and they're like, "What the fuck? Hi Emily. <laughs> She's back. She's I'm back. back. It's been like a year, like a whole
0: year. Yeah,
1: exactly, it's almost. Not... Yeah.
0: No. I know. It's Tess. It's the best girl. It's Tess. I'm so excited. Like I'm not even... <laughs> <laughs> What's even happening. I'm just so excited. Am I even recording? Yes, I am. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> She's fine. Because it's Tess. Yes. yes. Here she
1: is. Hey everyone. Hi, <laughs> I believe you guys are going to find that we talk over each other a lot because yeah, we're just so excited to be together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, the movie that you have brought to the floor today <clears throat> is 1988's Working Girl The mm. IMDb Breakdown. When a secretary's idea is stolen by her boss, she seizes an opportunity to steal it back by pretending she has her boss's job. Why this film, Tess, I have a sneaky feeling that this movie about a girl named Tess might be a reason as to why Tess chose this movie with a movie about the girl called Tess.
1: What? Yes, I was named after Working Girl. Indeed, I was, indeed, Tess McGill. And my mom has not let me forget it. Um, And I watched this movie probably once in college and then once now. And now it it just makes so much more of an impact. I'm like, all right, mom, like right on. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Yes. So were you sort of like forced to watch it as a child by your mom then for her to be
1: like, namesake? Well, I mean, a child should not be watching this movie, to be honest. (laughs) So I never watched it. I didn't watch it for a while. Um, And I've only seen it like once before, actually, because it was never pushed on me. But yeah, it's it's I'm I'm just so glad that that was it and not like oh something strange, I guess. Like, I don't I'm trying to think of something strange. I don't know. But I was like, okay, but just like something that's now like problematic,
0: you know, like you're called like Tara from the fields of Gone with the Wind. And you'd be like... (sighs)
1: Sorry about it. Yeah, yeah. Woo.
0: It's all good. So, this this was a strange movie for me because I'm coming to it from 2021. Mm -hmm. And like 50% of me is like, huh? And 50% of me is like, fucking yes. Right, Like so much yes And I think the ha Mainly comes from the fact That it is 1988 Mm -hmm. Um, But the movie opened With Carly Simon Which I have a lot of time for Carly Simon Like a lot (laughs) of time For Carly Simon Um, And just to skip right to the end It ended And I burst into tears (laughs) Um, I was like so, I uh, like, uh, the overview of my journey with this movie, I was like, yeah, this is really great. Oh, I don't know how I feel. Do I like Harrison Ford? I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, no, I do like Harrison Ford. Oh, this is really great. Oh, this is, uh, oh, this is great. And then she does her, like, final line, and I was like, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: she's a working girl. <laughs> oh, I oh, um it definitely takes you on a roller coaster because at first you're like Harrison Ford. He comes in hot. She he sees Tess McGill at the bar, and she's like, "I'm looking for Jack," and he's like, "Jack left." I'm a human. Just treat me like a human. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'm not sleeping with you. And then she wakes up the next morning and her dress is off. Granted, he helped her, but then also he got in bed beside her. Like,
0: yeah. it Like, yeah. it's his whole, so, oh, uh... I'd vaguely seen the IMTP breakdown of this before I went into it, but I wanted to go in pretty blind. And so when at the beginning, it's very sort of good in its establishment where it mm-hmm. sets you up or it set me up as a woman in 2021 thinking that this was going to be about a career girl that mm-hmm. gets ahead, sort of like um, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, but yeah. with like um, a- adults instead of a, a kid and it basically is that, but it. I think it's also very much a romantic comedy in a sense, which yes. I don't think I was prepared for. So every time it tried to be funny or romantic, I would be like... St- stop, go back to her career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, like, Harrison Ford, like, oozes in, and I'm like, ugh, go away. And then I remember that he's, like, on the poster, so I'm like, oh, I guess he's going to stick around. Not like that horrible cameo of Kevin Spacey, which is just the worst. Yeah, whoops. Um, so she's surrounded by all these horrible, horrible men, mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin, Kevin Spacey, um, and... They're awful and so when yeah. Harrison Ford comes in, I think you're meant to instantly be like, Oh well he's got a rugged charm about him and yeah and always being a bit coy and ooh classy. But I was like, I don't know about Harrison Ford. Like yeah. he's not up there with like Kevin Spacey,
1: obviously. But he's yeah. not
0: up there with like Dan Stevens.
1: Well, he's like the dreamboat that's fresh off of the uh, Millennium Falcon at that point. You know, it's the 1980s, late 1980s. He's like Mm. old in Star Wars time. You know what I mean? Like he's almost creeping up to like legend status. You know, he is Han Solo. So I think that everybody's, you know, they're expecting a lot from him. And I I see what you're saying when it's like, do we love him? Do we like his character? Mm-hmm. But there's this like big heart to Harrison Ford that you can see through all of his acting. Indiana Jones, freaking everything he's freaking done. There's like this Harrison Ford heart. And that just that pulled through the entire movie. And he was playing, you know, near he was playing an abnormal 80s man because a stereotypical 80s man is Alec Baldwin's character like gonna cheat on you gonna gonna propose to you in front of all of her friends at an inconvenient time because i think that it's convenient for me because i really want to get over this and i don't want to be put in a corner forever you know like just yeah getting her lingerie for her birthday don't you like it it's for you like everything that he does is for him and that's like the 80s new yorker man and then here comes harrison ford he's smart he's sharp and Oh, he has respect for women even you know not 2021 status respect we're not there <laughs> yeah. that's why we're a little shook but he, he is not a stereotypical 80s man and that's why yeah. you love him you know what I mean
0: yeah No, definitely. And he did win me over. Like, I literally have a note on page one that's like, I don't know how I feel about Harrison Ford. And then, like, by the bottom of page two, I'm like, I'm all on the Harrison Ford train. All aboard. Choo-choo. Let's go. (laughs) I did then... There was a lot of um, weird... Not, like, semi-nudity in this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. so much. Which made me be like, this was... Written and directed by a man, wasn't it?
1: Mm, it yeah.
0: was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Melanie Griffith in her underwear. Yeah. In her very elaborate underwear as well. She's not in, like, Bridget Jones pants and, like, a teddy bear <laughs> bra. She's in, like, underwear. She's in, like, lingerie. Yeah. Like, the kind of underwear that, like, you don't wear. <laughs> like, right. you don't wear that. No one wears that.
1: Uh, but she does when she's hoovering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Relatable. Yes. I was like, oh, yes. A different Top time. List, silky pants um, and some heels, and a vacuum. <laughs> Let's go.
0: Let's go. I'm a working girl. <laughs> um, but um, I did have to, hey, Google, uh, halfway through this movie, I was like, hey, Google, what is Harrison Ford's age in 1988? And Google was like, 46. Wow. And I was like, hey, Google, what was Melanie Griffith's age in 1988? And Google was like, 31. And I was like, we're creeping up on 20 years difference there. I can see it. <laughs> I'm going to go with it because, like, I don't really have a choice. Yeah. But I just wanted to note it down. Yeah. But, yeah. He really wins me over with his character and he is charming. And I, I, I think the flaws that he has where he, like, can't break up with his girlfriend because he's afraid mm. and doesn't immediately stick up for her. It it makes him more like a real person as well, which I think really works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he is the sort of leading man of the piece, and we'll come to Melanie Griffith in a minute, the the villain of this piece. <laughs> and like, I don't know if we're going to be on the same page here. Okay. But they want you to think the villain of this piece is Sigourney Weaver.
1: Mm-hmm. She,
0: she is not the villain of... There is no real villain of this piece other than the patriarchy. But yeah. oh boy, do they try their hardest to make Sigourney Weaver the villain of this piece. She, in my head made one silly mistake because it's a man's world out there and you've got to just take what you can get. And yeah, it was backstabby and yeah, it was shitty. But does she deserve to be publicly humiliated and fired after everything that she's worked for at the age of 30 when she's clearly so good at her job? And it's just like, it felt... Oh, okay, so we'll go into it. So Sigourney Weaver is Melinda Griffith's new job, new boss after she gets a new job, um, right at the beginning of the movie. And initially she comes across as very sort of like, um, oh, you know, we're going to be the best of friends. Like, call me Catherine. Like, it's no biggie. Like, this is a two-way street, complete trust. Like, your ideas mm-hmm. and, and my ideas, they're going to sync together and it's going to be great. Um, then she breaks her leg in a ski and we're <laughs> brilliantly shot skiing accident and um, and then she's out of business for two weeks uh, Melanie Griffiths waters her plants and when she does so she sees that she, the idea that she told her she'd turned down that no one was interested in, she was going to pass off as her own and try and make a thing so Melanie Griffiths like I just got cheated on I'm getting a haircut and I'm not standing for that Mm-hmm. And she won eighties, and she's like, "Cool, I'm the boss lady now, and I'm gonna do this deal." And Sigourney Weaver comes back immediately, uh, finds out, and exposes her, um, and then gets fired, yeah. <laughs> and humiliated. And I'm just like, ev- "Like, she has a, a an entirely female office." So she's giving all of these women jobs. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to do that. She mm-hmm. could have surrounded herself by men right. to make herself feel even more, you know, whatever. Yeah, She genuinely is, she, gen- she clearly genuinely has these sort of ideals and these, um, you know habits or whatever within her workplace where she's like, it is a two-way street and, you know, you can trust me and I can trust you. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like she might have got Melanie Griffiths in on it a bit later on once it had been pulled off. And I don't think she deserves to be the villain of this piece because it's putting women against women and then replacing the one woman boss with another woman boss it like we can only have one it like women are evil unless they're melanie griffith well i don't know
1: i don't know i i can totally see what you're saying absolutely i think that we can say that maybe it was one mistake we could say that that brought all the jenga blocks down but really it's like It also begs the question, has she built an empire based on screwing people over? So I think that's really what they're trying to say. And there's no way that they can show that. Um, They show it through the way that she'll like collapse in front of a guy and needs a chair. You know, how she just assumes that Harrison Ford's going to come home and bang her. You know, like just the way she is very presumptuous about she expects these things and how she just lies through her teeth to Tess to the point where almost like I was like oh wait did Tess fuck up you know what I mean did Tess mess up and I was like oh wait no she did lie to her and then I was telling my husband John I was like I know these these Sigourney Weaver women I talk about them all Mm -hmm. the time I've always run into them they're the ones that see other strong women and when, and they think you're going to take my position because we have to fill the woman quota and I am the one woman quota here. So if you take my job, uh, I can't go up from here and there's, you know, we, they can only have one or two women here and in, in charge. And so I, that's what happens. And I felt that. And I know that like lying scheme that they do. And yes, it is women pitted against women and it sucks. And I f- freaking hate it, dude. But it's like, it's real and it happens and we're we're Mm -hmm. pitted against each other on purpose through a patriarchy i mean it's certainly gotten better don't get me wrong i work with a bunch of amazing cool chill women in entertainment and we kick ass but like before that i worked in reality tv and um I don't want to do too many details but she there was a girl there who I obviously did not get along with someone who was my superior and she one time pulled me in her office and said your aggression is not warranted here and I was like I'm just doing what I'm told in a timely manner in a very organized manner and making sure you're on time how is that aggressive how is that you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. like I see a hundred percent what you're saying and you are correct because Sigourney Weaver was believed into thinking the only way to build her empire is on you know through uh all these lies possibly but then again we don't know so it's like she's she's not Jafar but you know but <laughs> right she has not kill anyone yeah. but you're also like but I get where you're coming from girl you know
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I yeah, like, as I was all saying this, I was like, I guess it's heavily implied that this is how she does and this is what she has been doing all her life. And Mm -hmm. whilst that may make her sympathetic, especially as I keep saying, like, it's not fair to judge this 1988 movie through a 2021 lens Mm. and I'm here like Sigourney Weaver is sympathetic because she's a product of her unfair society she is still the villain of this piece she's a great villain of this piece she's really fun to watch and Mm -hmm. whilst it is women against women it also means that there's two women on the poster and only one man whereas if that
1: character had been male we would have been swamped right right 100 percent and that's also um, Harrison Ford in, in bringing those two pieces together. And we'll bring in, maybe this will be a, a little segue into Tess. I don't know. But um, I liked how he he recognized, eventually, at the very end, Sigourney Weaver's character. And he recognized what was happening because he knew her. And he saw the bullshit that was happening. And he helped Tess out in front of his peers. You know? <laughs> and he was able to be like, no, I need to speak for you. He was kind of like Tess's representative in a way Mm -hmm. he was kind of her voice and i i loved how she could be like hi i'm tess mcgill and i have this idea for the stock market numbers 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 right and he's like (laughs) this voice that can be like well let me translate that for to you guys this is important the end you know what i mean yeah definitely he stood
0: up for her and he called out the bullshit that he saw and that is that is incredibly progressive this idea of like men helping women up as much as women helping women up Mm -hmm. um definitely segue into your perfect test voice there she's and i really loved that about her she Mm -hmm. she goes through the movie with like such a small (laughs) and almost quite shy voice but everything she's and then she's suddenly like, bam, I have a fucking insane idea for the like New York stock market. I don't know. Yeah. Numbers, numbers, numbers. And everyone's like, this chick is a genius. <laughs> but like she was able to do that while still being like, I got a haircut and it's really pretty. Yeah. And it's like, it is pretty. Taz, it it's beautiful. I love it. You look amazing. Yeah. Um, and she never, she never changed. She never suddenly became... Like a crassy, shoulder padded sort of like I'm a businesswoman now. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as Joan Cusack was like a little <laughs> bit overwhelmed with <laughs> the the hair change and stuff, she's, she she was she remained herself, and um, she's such a great character. She's very Elle Woods in that she yeah. has this brilliant character, but she still manages to go through with this like. She, she stays who she is, but she just
1: gets more confident.
0: And that's really cool.
1: Yeah, it is super cool. I love that um, she starts off kind of like, I'm a secretary, but I got this bright idea. And she stays very soft in everything that she does. And it, like her hair transformation what did she say um I've got a mind for business and a body for sin I was like spicy love yeah Yeah. (laughs) there was so much energy in this movie that
0: we all need to bring into 2021 um Mm -hmm. Sigourney Weaver at once says I am after all me (laughs) <laughs> as, like, a reason as to why everything is amazing, and this man's gonna marry me, and like, I'm gonna get a promotion or whatever. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yes, Queens everywhere, just yeah. doing the thing. Um, but no, I really loved her, I loved her friendship with Joan Cusack, mm-hmm. who is a delight in everything,
1: <laughs> everything. always.
0: See, <laughs> Jess and the cowgirl. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. There were some really lovely moments of like, like women, where as Tess is packing her stuff up after she's been fired, all the women in the office are like, Oh, we did like at the rounds and we got you some like beer money. And like, what are you gonna do? Implying that there was a really good camaraderie and friendship mm-hmm. while she was taking over this leadership position while Sigourney Weaver was in hospital. And I, it was just a shame that it, we never got to see it because we were too busy with the deal and with Harrison Ford and sure. with the lie. Um, so it's really lovely that it was there. But again, the 2021 in me was like, I wanted to see those friendships being formed.
1: Right. Well, that's... And that's the thing. And, you know, this might be our running theme throughout this is 1988 watching it and 2021 watching it. When my mom mm-hmm. watched it, she thought she was so badass enough she name going to name her first kid after it, right? Yeah. So she's watching that and she's like... The, see, the battle back then wasn't, like women getting along in the office like women for the most part unless they're competition they're dumb sorry but if you're if you think another woman is you're in competition another woman you're dumb i'm sorry i'm saying it
2: Mm -hmm. we're all in this
1: together let's all get along let's help each other out okay love is the answer moving on um it's like that's the 2021 message right hey Mm -hmm. you know what we're all in this together and we gotta love it right The 1980s, late 1980s, nearing the 90s was like the revolution of the female. Like, I mean, Sigourney Weaver was in freaking Alien, I think right before this. Hello. Mm -hmm. And what it was, it was women having to talk at these men who put them down constantly. And there were two types of men in this movie. There was like, or or maybe there is just one, but uh, it's, it's the man who thinks that he can get away with passing a comment at a female or in Kevin Spacey's idiotic case, he's in the back of a limo watching porn, drinking champagne, and he she realizes she has been pimped out by her boss. And they think that is funny. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Nobody says, mm-hmm. any, if that were to happen today, shit, hell would break loose, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, in mm-hmm. the 80s, it's like, all these things are just looked over. They're like, oh, it's just a girl overreacting. We're still in that bullshit phase, right? So if mm-hmm. a woman is standing up to a man and she never really stood up to someone, the really, the big times when she stood up to a man was like, don't yell at me like that, you know? And yeah. that's that's when I heard her. I was like, she's trying to say something. Don't yell at me like that. I'm just trying to talk to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it was. Guys felt like they could get away with stuff like that. And that was that to me, that's what the 1980s message to a female audience, it, it, what it is, what the battle was, male against female, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And like the only time she really does sort of lose her temper, she's she's got this really frightening control, as you said, because it's a man's world, and if you lose it, you're being over you've lost.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you know, that still stands for today. If you lose your temper or if you get over-emotional, you've lost. Mm -hmm. And so she's very calm the whole way through. And, like, you are with her. So you have this sort of tense calmness inside of you. But it just meant that I was boiling with such rage throughout the whole movie every time. I mean, Alec Baldwin walked onto the <laughs> screen and I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's gonna be evil. like have an evil boyfriend yes. before. He's gonna cheat on her in like seven minutes. Like I'm calling <laughs> it now. Yeah. And then what's awful is not only does he of course cheat on her, But he he, the way he reacts the the first thing he says is oh did you not have class tonight while his penis is inserted (laughs) into this like woman's vagina and his girlfriend opens the door and he's like oh did you not have class tonight I don't know how New to speak (laughs) coffee you didn't have class tonight I can't there you go but um (laughs) and she's like you're a snake, and then leaves. And it, like, power to her, man. And he says he's, like, come back and hit me. And then Mm -hmm. on top of that as well, when they're at Joan Cusack's engagement party, and she was so funny to me because she would constantly... And Tess calls her out on it. She would constantly almost take Alec Baldwin's side. Yeah. And be like... Yeah. Initially, it was fine. It's so clever how real this movie is. Like, as someone that doesn't really watch real movies about real people, it always impresses and shocks me when a movie can portray real life so well. Sure. Um, You know, when there's like not a dragon in sight or whatever. And she turns (laughs) up at her engagement party and she's like, can you please throw him a bone because this is my engagement party and I want everyone to be happy people. And you, that's a real thing, isn't it? Mm. Like you would know someone that's like, can you just get over your relationship problems because I want my engagement party to be fun. Right. And then that all goes out of hand. But he, so they, they sort of force him to propose to Tess and thank God I was like she's going to say yes. She's going to fucking say yes. This is where this movie's going. She's going to say yes, and then Harrison <laughs> yeah. Ford is going to have to... And, like, this thing as well, I expected Harrison Ford to turn up at that party. Like, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. That doesn't happen in real life. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, he forces her to... He, he proposes to her, but while he's doing that, Doreen, or whatever her name is, who he had been cheating on her with, is not only at the party, but we get to see her look really sad and you're like you know what Doreen this isn't on you you weren't in a relationship and this is really hard for you now Mm -hmm. to watch this whole thing going on and he doesn't care about you enough to realize how this might be affecting you and it just made him shittier and -hmm. the women more sympathetic it's just a, and there's loads of those great little moments like the women friendship like Doreen's little two second look to camera like it just full of them just this real world with these real people and god when you think that yeah 89 90, this came out three years before we were born right and right, this right. was the world that these women were living in it oh, nuts. it blows my little progressed mind where right. I'm like this was just acceptable. This was just how it was. Everybody like, was brainwashed, man. Yeah. Three, three years before we entered the planet. Like, mm-hmm. so much changed in such a short amount of time. And it just makes you really grateful for the women that put their own like butts on the line to like pioneer this and be like yo this needs to stop Uh, not the shoulder pads because i'm a big fan of the shoulder pads but like everything else (laughs) needs to go Uh, that includes your eyeshadow Joan cusack i wanted to find it flirty and fun (laughs) but it just kept getting worse
1: the hair kept getting
0: bigger. Like, it did the cut. Co- that more and more colors were applied yes. to the eyelids, and it got like closer and closer to the eyebrow. Yeah. I was like, "Just pick a color." <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. It's it's nuts. It's nuts. What women had to go through. It's nuts to, um, you know, that was their revolutionary movie. That was the movie women came out of. They're like, "Oh shit, I can do shit." Like, wait a minute, mm. I can take a risk and it can go right you know i don't have to have all these voices in my head saying that i'm worthless that i'm not you know that i'm not beautiful that i'm not worth love and yeah because like people woke up and they were like i don't want to be treated like shit anymore
0: because Mm -hmm. working girl told me that i didn't have to just Mm -hmm. a small shout out here on my first page of notes to when before we get the reveal of the wonderful present that alec baldwin bought tess for her birthday (laughs) um, he picks up this like teddy bear that's like on her pillow which is a wolf it's like a teddy bear of like a wolf and it's wearing like a sheep cloak like it's a wolf in sheep's clothing teddy bear oh i just really noticed it it was really fun. <laughs> oh. I love it. And it's up there with the bear from Die Hard. And I just. <laughs> I'm going to start having to do like a ranking of t- like stuffed animals Please. in all these movies. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that. That's a good catch. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm like always drawn to the like, what stuffed animals do they have on their head? Because that says a lot about. The characters and like this one is so on the nose yes they
1: did on purpose like, yeah wolf in sheep's it, clothing yes it,
0: and this is the thing i was like that's there for a reason that's why i was like oh he's gonna cheat on her in a minute because there's mm-hmm. a wolf in sheep's clothing
1: bear oh, yeah. on the bed mm-hmm. um i think it's a great idea you should rate every single one is it like okay so what would your rating scale be then would it be like one to ten or would it be like between die hard and toy story or you know what i mean <laughs> Ooh,
0: yeah, I'd have to find, like, the worst one. I mean, Die Hard was such a good bear. Like, it was... Oh. (laughs) Like, I dedicated at least, like, three Instagram posts to that bear. (laughs) Like, it was such a good bear. It just had this face that was so unexpressive, but expressive at the same time. Mm. And this wool felt the same, the way that it was wearing... Not only, like, clothes, but, like, very clearly, like, sheep's clothes in order to, like, be a thing. And it was so, like, chunky. It was so good. I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah, so it's when we start to meet Harrison Ford that my notes start to get a little bit, like, oh, I feel a bit iffy. Because she's taken Valium and then she takes, like, two tequilas on top of that. So then Mm -hmm. she's sort of, like, date-raped herself, I guess. Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which
0: is much better than someone else doing it. Right, sure. Um, And, yeah, it's all just funny ways to get her into Harrison Ford's house. But I think I was still a bit iffy about him lying because, like... We know, we're probably told, but also it's, like, startlingly obvious anyway that he's, like, I am the person that you're looking for. And I'm, like, I don't like that. Like, just see her tomorrow because... She, like, to her credit, when she turns up the next day and there's no bullshit about it, she walks in the room, she sees Harrison Ford, she has, like, a glimmer of, like, well shit, and then she gets on with her presentation and it's fine, Mm -hmm. but then you can't help but think, and she probably can't help but think... And maybe this is how Sigourney Weaver started, and maybe that's why she has the attitude that she has today, and it's only Tess's own personal experiences within this movie that makes her different at the end in the first place. Sure. That Harrison Ford is only helping her out and doing her deal Mm -hmm. because he wants to have sex with her. Like, he's just got these weird lines where he's, she was like, I was in my underwear, and he was like, I bet you looked amazing. And I was like,
1: stop. You know what? You just made me realize something, and through a tech, t- a weird, you know, you know how our brains work. I don't know how I connected this, but what you just said, he fakes who he is in the very beginning, and so does she. Oh yeah! Like at the bar, he's like, she's looking for Jack, but he says he's left, and let's be humans and don't ask me my name, cause he and she even goes, uh, we have a meeting together tomorrow. So he knows that he's gonna have a minute. He's already betrayed her in a tiny baby way. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like I don't know what I'm saying for that, but that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it works really well thematically in with the like characters betraying each other, and I think it it helps in a way for him to then come around to her and like believe her or whatever. Right. But yeah, like. Shady stuff You're right There's definitely <laughs> yeah. a meaning there But like I can't think what it is Shady Like stuff. what the fuck dude Like I have a meeting With you tomorrow And like Yeah Like were you gonna She obviously leaves At like 5 o'clock In the morning The next day And manages to Get back to her apartment Get completely changed Do her hair Get new clothes on <laughs> Yeah Go all the way To the meeting place for what, like a 9am meeting? Mm-hmm. Efficient, love it. Probably use of the taxi service. I understand that's a big thing in New York. Um, <laughs> I loved that she also didn't... I don't... what. Uh, how does New York work? Like, she goes on a boat. Like, Manhattan Island? Does she live on, like, the Statue of Liberty?
1: Yeah, so I don't really, really know, but I know that there's a... It's called the Staten Island Ferry, and I think if you live on long island or there's an island that you live on that's very popular oh no you know what it is i think because there's such a gaping hole in the middle it kind of like looks like two peninsulas and then there's like all this ocean in between and i think they have to cross that ocean because if not it's going to take them hours to get around mm. or whatever so i think it's just like a shortcut yeah.
0: i think nice yeah. yeah that's i love that i love the idea of taking the boat to work and she's like yeah on the ferry every day like yes me on the ferry like reading all the newspapers where she gets all of her cool ideas i liked that as well i liked that very sort of subplot of that she's clearly meant to represent some sort of uneducated working class woman right who is getting her ideas from popular magazines but it's still completely justifiable as a source of information and actually you know, as it often does in the movies, showcases, like, important things that you wouldn't know from, like, a Cambridge library or whatever. Right. Right. So I really, really liked that.
1: Sorry. That was going (laughs) to (laughs) sneeze. Uh, yes. Yeah, she's just like, she's down there with everybody in the in the bucket of shrimp. I don't know. That's an analogy somewhere in some place <laughs> here today. Um, she's just down there with everybody else, you know, and she is like, how do I get on top? And the only time, only way to get on top is to see what everybody else is not seeing. And she sees it and she goes for it and she's betrayed. Um, and then she, that's where she finds her fire is when she goes into Sigourney Weaver's house and she sees that text, that, that night. 1988 text on the screen <laughs> it's like this is my idea she's like oh yeah bitch let's go you <laughs> oh, yeah, know
0: let's go <laughs> and then perfectly timed alec baldwin is like stopping another woman at that point so she's just like and it worked so well i it was so believable to me i love that there's no hang up over losing mm. him yes i love that bye. No, i love that she <laughs> takes this opportunity to just be like you know what I'm better than this. Mm -hmm. You're greasy. I hate (laughs) you. I'm taking my wolf in sheep's clothing teddy bear Mm -hmm. and I'm moving into Sigourney Weaver's gorgeous penthouse in New York State. I don't know how America works. But over there with the trees and the paths.
1: Yes, I love it when she gets in the car and he's like, where do you work? She's like, tree, park. And I'm like, well, she's not wrong. (laughs) 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 She's a vague idea
0: considering, you know. She's only been there like once. Um, You know what
1: my favorite scene was? The wedding scene. Yes. right wasn't that great Mm -hmm. how she goes in and it's probably the biggest risk she's ever taken but she's going into this wedding that she's never she doesn't know the bride she doesn't know the groom she knows that she wants the dad of the bride to make her transaction go through and and she's plotting out right before the wedding and harrison ford's like are you sure about this and she's (laughs) like yes i'm so sure he's at his wedding He's going to be happy. It's a great day. He's drinking. We're going to cut a deal. And I was like, shit.
0: Literally, literally like, that is hashtag girl boss energy. Yeah. I was, and it makes the stakes so high because... Yeah. You know, it's this huge... It's like the Godfather. It's like she's walking into the Godfather. That's how it feels. Like, you come here on the day of my daughter's wedding. And she's like, yeah, I'm here to cut a deal with you. And, like, I was really nervous for them the whole time. Like, the fucking bride, Phyllis or whatever her fucking name is, who, like... It comes into the bathroom crying and Melanie Griffiths makes her feel better about her stupid shitty Hawaiian themed wedding or like doesn't even like a bunch of random themed wedding with her ugly dress she makes her feel so much better about it and she uh-huh. has the audacity to try and kick her out after that I, I was like fuck you there's like a million people here but yeah just the blind way that they're like oh hey you must be on Mike's side and they're like yeah. yes, yes Mike big old way back Anyway,
1: <laughs> uh, College, mergers I don't know. and yeah. stocks. Yes. <laughs> numbers, numbers, numbers. <laughs> so
0: many numbers. <laughs> there was not enough cocaine from my understanding of that area of business in the 80s. Ooh. Uh, I think Kevin Spacey was the only person we saw have some cocaine. Okay. Uh, but then it is a 15, so they could probably only... Use their cocaine, like, once. Yeah, one um, shot on camera. And they gave and it done. to the villain. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it could be mistaken as not cocaine, so... Um, oh, there was a really gorgeous bit where... Oh, God, when was it? She, I think it's when she first goes in to meet Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Coffee? And she stands up and goes... <laughs> Yes, goes to get it. Yes. And then the secretary at the door is like, milk and sugar. And she like 180s and six yes. back down again. And it's like, yes. <laughs> it's it's just so quick. Really right? brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant bit of comedy. And just like completely encapsulates her character, the progression of this character, the development of this character, mm-hmm. like where we're going to. Like coffee is like the theme of this movie. Yes. Like, going and getting <laughs> coffee is like breaking the glass ceiling in this movie as to who's getting it, where they're getting it, how they're getting it, how they're having it. Like, it's all about the coffee. Yes, Um, absolutely. Because then at the very end... It happens again where the secretary is like, coffee? And she's like, yeah, where do I go to get yeah. it? And she's like, no, I'm going to get yeah. you coffee. And then when she realizes that she's in charge, she's like, only get me coffee if you're getting yourself coffee. And yes. I'm like,
1: coffee and feminism! <laughs> hand in hand! Coffee and feminism. That. That's working, girl.
0: That's it, yeah, that's... That is working, girl. And I think, like... Of everything that I've gone into, um, I really love this movie. Aww. It's a really great movie, and like it's really fun as well from a nostalgic point of view. I mean, I don't have the nostalgia beyond what looking at photographs of people that I know, mm-hmm. but the wedding scene that Joan Cusack's wedding scene, the outfits that they're all wearing, yeah, are. Uh, Fluffy. <laughs> like fancy dress costumes. Like, yes. <laughs> that's how bizarre they are. But you know that you've seen like an uncle dress like that. You know that like your aunt's bridesmaids dresses looked like that. And like, mm-hmm. you don't know why. You don't know who made that a thing. You don't know (laughs) if they ever paid for their sins. But somebody made it happen for Uh like 10 years and everybody went with it. And (laughs) you're meant to take it so seriously when she's in this like bright blue chiffon, gauzy (laughs) dress with like a huge thing in her hair. And he's in this like, I don't even know. It's like, it's got like lace down the front. And it's oh. like pale blue. And there's like a bow tie and like one of those like dinner things. Yeah. You know. The, like dumb in the and cats are like yeah. flips. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I know that that is what you all wore when you wanted to look good yeah. <laughs> for a classy event in the eighties. <laughs> but It is very difficult for me to take it seriously.
1: I know. And it's funny because I was thinking, I was like, if they were to have the, like, flat hair that we have now, that was a sin. Mm. You know? No flat hair. It's got to be huge. And I remember watching. Yes, I remember watching this episode of Full House and DJ Tanner. She puts her hair up because it's like in the late, the very, very early nineties, and she starts spraying her hair. And she, it's a joke, but she sprays it for thirty seconds, sixty seconds. Like it just keeps going, and it's like wet and has to crust. And she's like, "Perfect!" And I was like, "That's probably real. I know it's a joke, <laughs> yeah. but like that's probably real." <laughs> it's like
0: based in some reality. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I've got here, I've changed my mind, and I'm invested. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then beyond sort of this idea that I I think... Uh, you can see wh- where the characters were meant to lay in terms of their archetypes back in 1988, and they mm-hmm. may have all shifted around a Bit like I feel like Alec Baldwin is like an unforgivable villain, yeah. whereas I think he was just meant to be the shitty boyfriend, but mm-hmm. to me, he's just he's gross Jafar, yes, yes, um, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like he is on, like, there's no coming back from that. Um, and then, yeah, the last note I've got in a different color so it stands out Ooh. is when. She sits down after all we've been through. Mm -hmm. She sits down and she picks up the phone. And she says, Sin, guess where I am? And we (laughs) cut to Carly Simon coming in again with her (laughs) award-winning original original song for this movie. Um, Aww. And we don't hear the conversation we just sort of see a wide shot of joan cusack in this like wolf of wall street type office full of women Mm -hmm. and she stands up and she clearly announces what melanie griffith has told her to this room of women Mm -hmm. and you just hear the sort of glimpses of like she has her own office Mm -hmm. or whatever and all of these women like erupt in like celebration and then we come back to like solo Melanie Griffith in her office as we pan out the window and we look in the building block of every other office is filled with a man and she's there with her hair and her eyeliner and and I lit like I burst into tears I it was so emotional even in 2021 which could be argued to be a bad thing because we're not like Oh, good. It's, you know, like watching the suffragette parades where we're like, thank you. That's really great. Right? Like it still has so much meaning Mm -hmm. and it's so important and it was so... All this like silent, nervous rage that Melanie Griffith had been keeping in throughout the movie and Mm -hmm. I had been keeping in throughout the movie comes out in just this like... Like, you know that Simpsons line where Lisa's like, I don't know if I can bear this anymore. And Marge says something like, you're a woman, you'll learn how to bear it forever or something. Mm I just butchered that wonderful quote from the Simpsons, but you know what I mean. (laughs) And it feels like that. It feels like she never shouts it. It never gets cathartically booted into somebody's crotch it just, it just, like, comes out of her mouth in her whispery little voice yes. and just leaves through the window. And you're just like, I'm a fucking working girl. Yes. Roll credits. <laughs> Roll credits, baby.
1: <laughs> and I loved how they, when they panned out, you're just like, wow, she's an ant in a giant anthill. There are so many, yeah. and we got to see one facet of a story. We got to see one of those yeah. stories today. Isn't
0: that crazy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it just, like... It was just really great. It was yeah. just really good. When it's all... So as I do...
1: When it's unfolding itself and it's blossoming, you're not sure if you love it yet. And that's how Mm. it is in real life. You know the things that you do and the things that you look back on now and you're like, shit, I'm so glad that fucking happened. Thank God it made me go this direction, right? But as it's happening, you're like, this sucks a little bit. This is great. This sucks. This is great. I'm scared. Oh, shit. And then at the very end, when we see it as a nice little package that it is, it's like, wait, that was a great story. That was great. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the perfect way to describe it. It's, it's so real. And it's so good. And I just hope that Sigourney Weaver can like pick herself up and learn some valuable lessons and like do what Tess was gonna do and start over. Mm-hmm. You know she'll probably have to get. An- oh no, she's in her parents' apartment, so that's fine. I thought we were gonna get to meet her parents and her mom in the photo on her desk. Looked like that lawyer lady from Legally Blonde who goes out, <laughs> who's married to Sarah Paulson, and I thought she was oh, gonna yeah. be a character in this movie. I was very excited for that, but that never happened. I think that was just in my head. But <laughs> there's a TV HBO TV series about Scary Weaver's character. Eighties oh. is hot right now. Stranger Things. Oh, so yes. like get on that HBO. yeah (laughs) and cast sarah paulson's wife as her mom right do that for me please thank you let's do that Mm
1: -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: no i loved it that's all my notes it was great
1: i love it great i'm so glad you liked it and i'm glad that we could review this this was really special for me because that's what my what i'm named after and i haven't like i watched like i said i watched this once in college and i didn't think i was like okay that was great but now that i'm at I'm actually 30 and Tess is 30 Mm -hmm. in this movie on the dot. I was like, I get it. You get to 30, get a little fed up. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get a, a corner office. Let's go. Right so so important and it's it's even important for 2021 girls to know how far we have come um and just that you know to keep pushing to keep taking those risks because you when you break those rules and you and you take those risks um good things happen man the universe has got your back baby (laughs) yes yes
0: definitely and even as like a like, like I think this should be up there with like thirteen, where it should be like obligatory viewing for like women, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. a certain age. Um, I love that she was thirty. I love that Sigourney Weaver was thirty, um, because you don't ever hear a woman be thirty in a movie. Yeah, like they're really. like always twenty. She's something. <laughs> like sixteen, twenty-something, forty, widowed, yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, that's your <laughs> lifeline as a woman in a movie, but no, yeah. we've got some thirty-year-old working girls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, yeah, just really great. It's a great Amazing. time. Amazing! I love it. Yay! Thanks for having me, girl. Oh my <laughs> god! Thank you for coming on. You will be on again, countless times. I'm shocked that it took us a whole year. Yeah, and it's because my diary is so packed. It's <laughs> yeah all my guests that are you a, are you so a working
1: popular. girl emily
0: i'm a working girl <laughs> i do have to say every time i thought ah oh, i need to watch working girl and it's gonna be so obscure and you're not gonna have a clue what i'm talking about star kid productions are a theater company that came from a musical theatre school in America and they are most famous for creating a Very Potter musical. They will write <laughs> and act in and record their own original musicals and put them on YouTube. And they have done many of these from a Very Potter musical about ten years ago with Darren Chris, all the way up to things like A Trail, The Trail to Oregon Um. more recently. Mm. And one of them is called The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals and it's a sort of sci-fi pastiche of the old sci-fi movies uh, about how suddenly everyone starts singing and there's this one guy and he really hates musicals, so it's it's horrible for him. (laughs) And at one point they go and visit a professor and he talks about how he, while he's been in his bunker trying to avoid the end of the world he's been writing his own musical and it's called working boys and it's meant to be <laughs> a sort of piss take of the sort of modern musical you're sort of dear evan Hanson's and you're all about jamie's uh, modern musical and basically he's like it's called it's called working boys a new musical. <laughs> and it's like, working boys, we're up to our ass in shit. What is this business? Markets are crashing and I'm at the edge of my wit. <laughs> and it's all about these people that work in stocks and bonds. And, and they're working boys and they're fed up and they just want to go and play football in the park. And so every time I heard working girl in my head, it was like, working girl. And <laughs> it worked because she worked in stocks and bonds, which I still don't really know what those things are. Um, but yeah, it yeah. made me laugh. And maybe some of you will get that. Flo will get that reference. <laughs> Nobody else will get that
1: reference. I'm here for it. But yeah, I've it re-
0: really reminded me of that. Um, oh. Do you have anything to plug
1: Oh, you know what? I do. I do. Hey, this is left freaking field. But if you want to roller skate, I am a roller skater and I have been for 25 years. And I played roller derby professionally for uh, five of those. So if you like roller skating or you want to learn roller skating, I love teaching beginner skaters. Come on over to Skate with Tess on YouTube or YouTube.com slash Tess Janos. And that's T-E-L-L-S-S. A-N-O- Wait, that's not how you spell my name. Uh, Yeah, that's it. I know that's left field. And and the reason why Emily and I know each other is because I used to be a podcast host. And hopefully and that will happen in the future again. But right now I'm in a long break. And uh guess what? That doesn't mean that Emily and I break our friendship. No, we're still friends. So here I am. Yes. And...
0: <laughs> Tess is a skater. It's really cool. Go and check over. She's got loads of tips on how to not fall on your butt. I personally freak out every time someone tries to put something on my feet that's not like a normal shoe. Um, (laughs) I find it very frightening and dangerous. And I think anyone that's able to do that is a magic person (laughs) and got a special skill from like a fairy. When they were born that I missed because, (laughs) and Tess has that skill. Tess is that fairy. She's the, 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 she's literally Elliot Page in Whippet. Oh, that's literally what I always come back to because I'm like, I know
1: roller derby. I watched a movie about that once. <laughs> my my friends are in it. My those are those people actually became my friends and they were my teammates. Yeah. The girls who were deaf in that film. One of them is one of my closest friends, Chrissy Crash. And then the other one was my coach, Iron Maven. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is how legit she is, (laughs) go to her YouTube channel (laughs) and learn how to skate because you need it for your TikToks and your Snapchats and your... I don't know what the kids do these days. It changes too fast.
1: It does. Truly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure, as always. And we'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! Bye!
2: It's called... Working Boys, a new musical. It's the story of a group of old college chums. Sure, they found success in the business world, but still, they long for the simpler times in that beat up old house at the edge of college campus. But those glory days, they're gone for good. Or are they? (laughs) This here, this is the title number. Business calls, I'm up to my ass and shit. Boxes business, markets are crashing, and I'm at the edge of my wits. I just can't take it when all I want to do is spend the day with Greg And Steve. And Stu. And Mark. And Layton And Chad. And... Ring, ring. The phone rings. I answer it. Oh, hey, Greg. I'm swamped... with business. Stocks, bonds, golden parachutes. Remember those days on the football field, Greg? Last week feels like ages ago. Today, after work, on the football field, the old stomping ground, eh, Greg? Just you, and me, and Steve, and Stu, and Mark, and Layton and Chad. Chad. Five o'clock. I'll see you then, Greg. I'll see you then. I want to do is spend the day with Steve, and five o'clock, five o'clock can't come soon enough, five o'clock can't come soon enough, five o'clock can't come soon enough, I can't wait to get home to my boy. A co-stopping number, a real show stopper, an aria to rule them all. They'll throw us their money at full price admission. The world will come crumbling down. Hamilton, I'll move over, your new competition's in town.